Hi, this is Timothy Pig, and I want to welcome you to Text Driven Podcast, a podcast put out by the Ministry of Fellowship Church in Southwest Florida. Text Driven Podcast exists to equip you to know God and make Him known through text driven preaching and practice. To learn more about Fellowship Church, visit our website, fellowshipchurch.co. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Texture Podcast. If this is your first time listening, let me say welcome to you, as we're glad that you decided uh, to give a listen today. And if you enjoy this podcast, I encourage you to like it and save it so that you get updates as new episodes are released. And also take it some time to share this episode on your social media platform. Uh, we want to take the message that the only way to live a life that is pleasing unto God is if you live a text-driven life. That is a life that has been transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of which the word of God richly dwells within the life of the believer, and God lives in us, for us, and through us. That is what we call a text-driven life, a life that is driven by the text of Scripture. And one of the ways that we help to illustrate and apply what a text-driven life is all about is through various book studies. And we are in the final episode of our series, walking through the brand new book by Eric Metaxas, entitled Letter to the American Church. Erwin Lutzer, the pastor emeritus of Moody Church in Chicago, said that this book is like a bucket of cold water thrown into the face of a sleeping church. So if this is your first episode listening, I encourage you to go back to previous episodes so that you can really wrestle with a lot of the truth that Metaxas brings out in his book, Letter to the American Church. The premise of the book is simply this that the uh, 1930s German church is very similar to the American church today. And he does this through walking through really the prophetic voice of a martyr during the rise of Nazi Germany, and that martyr's name was Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So in each of the episodes, we look chapter by chapter at what Metaxas says about Bonhoeffer and how he spoke with a prophetic voice to the German church to get them to wake up their minds, stir their spirit to stand against what was happening with the rise of uh, Nazism and Adolf Hitler. I want to end our series through this book by asking a question to you. What is Christianity all about? If you could summarize Christianity in a sentence or two, how would you summarize it? Metaxas summarizes Christianity for us on page 118 of his book. And he comes here to the bottom of page 118, really the last major paragraph in the last sentence, and he says this. Being a Christian is not about avoiding sin, but about passionately and courageously serving God. Now, let me read that quote again, bottom of page 118. 
Metaxas says, being a Christian is not about avoiding sin, but about passionately and courageously serving God. What do you think about that quote there? That Christianity is not about avoiding sin. I think in reality, many of us approach Christianity as if we are to avoid sin. Uh, that Christianity is simply a keeping of the checklist of what you do and what you should not do. We start with the Ten Commandments, understanding that now as Christians, we have the almost legal obligation, if we're going to keep our Christianity, to maintain right standing before those commandments. And then we tack on to those commandments others, such as, I have to read my Bible every day. I have to do these things. And the mindset behind that is that if I do not do these things, then I am somehow uh, outside of the grace of God and have lost Christianity. And so we make Christianity this checklist of laws that have to be uh, followed. And Metaxas is saying that being a Christian is not about avoiding sin, but rather it is passionately and courageously serving God. Well, you might be wondering then, is going to church, praying, reading your Bible, doing the Ten Commandments a bad thing? Well, certainly that is not the case. Doing the Ten Commandments, reading your Bible, going to church, praying, sharing the gospel, those are good things that a Christian ought to be doing. But the reason why a Christian does those things is not because they're attempting to avoid sin, but rather because that is the natural action that comes from passionately pursuing and courageously serving God. Let me explain it to you from a letter that Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, we have that wonderful passage that tells us that we are saved by grace through faith. And this is not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that you nor I could boast. But I want you to listen to what verse 10 says. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. You ask, what is Christianity all about? Christianity is all about doing the works that God has prepared beforehand for us to do. Christianity is about doing what God has called you and me to do. It's about passionately and courageously serving God. 
It is not a, as much about thinking in the negative, not sinning. It's more about thinking in the positive, passionately and pursuing the work that God has for you and me. And what does that work look like? Well, just as a brief overview of the book of Ephesians, it looks like unity in the body of Christ. That's what you see in uh, chapter 4, beginning in verse number 15, where the scripture says, but speaking truth in love, let us grow in every way. Let us grow, there's that unity, in every way into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. It looks like unity. It looks like also pursuing passionately and courageously the new life in Christ. Chapter 4, verse 17 of Ephesians says, Therefore I say this, and testify in the Lord, you should no longer walk as Gentiles do in the futility of their thoughts. For they are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their hearts. We're told later on, down in verse 25 of chapter 4, Therefore put away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor. Because we are members of one another, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. and Don't give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands, so that he has something to share with anyone in need. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need, so as it gives grace to those who hear. Do not grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and anger and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from among you, uh, along with all malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ Jesus. And then Paul summarizes it in chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, that we are to walk in love as Christ has loved us. What is Christianity all about? Christianity is all about pursuing passionately and courageously the work that God has set out for you and me to do. Now, if we're honest with one another, if you truly have been transformed by the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you do want to pursue passionately and courageously the work that God has for you. But if we're honest with ourselves, there are some times we do not want to do those works that God has for us. We get distracted. We get discouraged. And those distractions and discouragements come about because instead of looking unto Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, we begin to look around us. Not in the sense that we are fulfilling the 
great commandments to love God and love our neighbor. But instead, we become so enamored with the opinion of our neighbor, with the acceptance of co-workers, with the approval of our child so that they will love us, that in the midst of that pursuit of approval from other people, we have created an unhealthy fear of them so to much so much an extent that we will not passionately and courageously pursue the work that God has for us. And it is that very thing that plagued the German church in the 1930s. And it is that very thing that plagues the American church today. That we are so concerned with a world that is watching that we are missing the fact that God wants our eyes fixed on him. So Metaxas bridges this idea for us on page 121, where he says, did we vote or not vote because we were mostly concerned about what others would think of us? Were we thinking of ourselves or were we thinking of others? These are the questions we must answer honestly. Is the reason why you do not speak out against injustices? Is the reason why you do not speak out against prejudices? Is the reason why you do not speak out against inequalities? Is the reason why you do not speak out against homosexuality and abortion and other ideologies that are being pushed through the public school systems and in our government in Washington is the reason why you will not speak out is because you're consumed with what others are going to think about you. Because if you're so concerned with what others are thinking about you, then you have an unhealthy fear of other people. And that unhealthy fear of other people, what they're going to do to you, what they're going to say to you, how they're going to cancel you, that is silencing you and keeping you from doing the works courageously and passionately that the Lord has planned beforehand for you to do. You say, how? Because the most loving and truthful thing you can do in all of those scenarios that I just described for you was to speak the truth of what God says about those issues. That it is to call abortion murder. It is to say that homosexuality is the judgment of God concerning a debased and depraved mind. It is that when people are treated unfairly, that we have a God who shows no partiality. And no person, no matter their skin color, should get any preferential treatment over anyone else because our God judges all man equally. And that no laws should be made that favor one group over another. And the reason why you 
are unwilling to speak out against any of those sins in our culture is because of how it's going to affect you. See, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look up towards God so that you can reach out and serve other people. So in Metaxas's book, in the next chapter, he really gives a charge to the church. And here's the charge I want to read to you. On page 127, Metaxas says this, but the question comes to us in the American church all these years later. Will we heed Bonhoeffer's cry for, for a full-throated faith that does not hope, but that knows God has defeated death, and that lives in a way that makes this plain to anyone who cares to see? Will we kick away the traces of dead religiosity and fear-based pieties? That's what I was just talking about. And speak truth whenever we have the opportunity, come what may. Will we wipe away the false boundaries between our faith and everything else, whether it be politics or culture, and act as though truth is a person who knows no bounds, who created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them, and who died that we who are the crowns of God's creation might at last live in true freedom with the authority that he gave us when he died and rose again from the grave. He goes on to say on page 128, our Bible studies and sermons have all been meaningless if we do not make what we learn come alive in ways that are self-sacrificial and that show we really do know that God has defeated death. What is the purpose of your prayer time? What is the purpose of going to church on Sunday? What is the purpose of reading your Bible each and every day? What is the purpose of listening to good gospel worship music? What is the purpose of all of that religiosity if it does not lead to a self-sacrifice way of living that reflects that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has defeated death? And then Metaxas ends this concept on page 128 and 129 with this other lengthy quote I want to read to you. Listen carefully. It is with you that God wants a deep and personal relationship. He created you for that. And your life can never be what it is meant to be unless you know that and step into it without fear. Are you willing? Are you ready? God has chosen each of us to live now at this very moment in history for his eternal purposes. We are not here now by some mistake. God has ordained that we be born when we were born and that we live now to do the works now that he has prepared for us in advance to his glory. It is an unimaginable privilege. This is the hour of the American church. We are charged with pointing our fellow Americans and the whole world to the God who has somehow allowed us the inexpressibly great privilege 
of representing him in these dark days. Will we do so? Will you? So I want to ask you in closing, will you know God personally and make him known? Because that, my friend, is the text-driven life. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Text Driven Podcast. For more resources like this one, go to our website, www.fellowshipchurch.co. And if you're ever in the Southwest Florida area, let me extend a personal invitation to you to come worship with us at one of our two campuses. You can find the time and locations on our website as well that I just shared with you. And then finally, on February the 24th through the 26th, you are personally invited to come and attend our Great Commission Weekend. We have some of the greatest preachers in all of the country joining us in Southwest Florida for this weekend of encouragement and equipping to be about the mission, the Great Commission that God has prepared for us. So join us February 24 through 26, 2023 for our Great Commission Weekend. You can find information about that on our website as well as our Fellowship Church uh, social media platforms. God bless. Please know we're praying for you and we hope you live a text-driven life. God bless.